Welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, a podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Anna of Wax and Wayne Studio. Hi, everyone. Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Mindy of Wild Phil Quilting. Hi. Now, before we jump into all the long arm quilty fun today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Mindy? Yes, I am 37 years old in like 10 days. The 10 is very important to count on for sure. And uh, I was raised in Minnesota and California, and I've been in Utah since I've been 16. And this is home now. I run my long arm business as well as a household full of a bunch of people and animals. And I like my very simple life. (laughs) And your beautiful collection of plants. So you. many plants. That'll come in later, too. You'll hear oh, about them. Okay. They're good friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, kicking things off, we're dying to know, what is the story behind your Instagram handle? Okay, there is a story, so be ready. <laughs> Hold on. We're ready. Okay. Close. All right. So, there I was. Peak of plant collecting stage of my life. Single mom, two kids. I think they were five and seven at the time. And so, they were obsessed with anything I did. They wanted to do every detail. Um, I went out one day and I found an incredibly huge Monstera and I loved it. And I wanted, I belted it in my car and brought it home, (laughs) went to pick up the kids from school and they asked what I did for the day. And I said, well, we actually have a new roommate. There's somebody that's going to live with us. And they were immediately like, hold on, mom, tell us everything. I said, no, you just got to meet him. And then it was him. And they were like, oh my gosh. And everything intensified. It was not my proudest parenting moment. I feel like there could have been some trauma from that, but they were so intrigued. And so we got home and I introduced him to Phil, my monster plant. Um, he's a part of the family. He's grown and been cut down and grown again. And so we just, we call him wild. He's out of control. And he just became a huge part of our, our little family life. And when I was starting this business, the big question is always, what are you going to call it? And there's so many amazing quilty names and handmade names and, and fun play on sewing words. And I just couldn't find anything that fit me. And so the fam- I asked the kids and we just went, well, Phil just kind of seems fun. It's just a plant name and he's just special and it's random and I love it. <laughs> was this your first like quilting business or had you had a business before? I have never done anything like this before. I um, went to college for four years, but do not have a degree to my name. Um, I worked jobs for a little while, but for a good solid eight years, I was a stay-at-home parent. And then suddenly I needed to get a job and take care of my family. And I actually was in ENT school and thinking that that was a route I was going to take. And I went into a quilt shop and... It kind of introduced me to this whole world of, of textile, beautiful, creative things. And um, I didn't know then that that's, that I would be here now, but that was kind of my introduction to it. So I, I have very little work experience, really. <laughs> yeah. So prior to that um, quilt store visit, uh, were you a quilter before that? or? Um, I would say I was a sewist. I learned how to sew when I was young from my mom and made little like um, scrunch bags and random little things, but I didn't actually own a machine until probably 2014 or 15. Um, 
bought it from a neighbor who introduced me to really like truly quilting. But I went in to make a grief quilt to this particular um, quilt shop and picked out the fabrics. And that was more of like my first quilt shop experience. I had made a few quilts just before then. Um, but that's really all. I hadn't done a whole lot before walking into that quilt shop. <laughs> so from the moment you bought that, uh, your first domestic machine in 2015, how did you end up joining the ranks of long arm quilters? Working at the quilt shop kind of just happened. They were hiring and I said, oh my gosh, I think this would be really cool. I love fabric. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing lots of different tasks at this quilt shop. So I wasn't just working the register. I was helping with inventory. I was um, down below helping cut things. I was um, mostly cleaning. It kind of shifted to where they were asking me to clean their retreat center. And I could bring my kids, which helped in the summertime, but I started to feel like, what am I, what am I doing here? I'm just, I'm cleaning most days. It's not quite what I want to do. And they offer um, lessons. They would teach you and, and certify you to use a longer machine. And then um, you were able to rent the machine and use it whenever you wanted to. And I just thought that seemed really cool. I'd made a, a number of quilts by then. And I thought, I want to see it all the way through. Like, I mm -hmm. want to know every stage of this process. So I took the certification class and I loved being a part of that process. I just thought it was so cool. It was all hand guided, which can be a frustrating thing at first, but I still, I was so determined to just, I needed every quilt to be done by me from beginning to end. I just thought that was an incredible thing. Um, and I was cleaning and I had just learned the certification and they had a job position up and up. And I said, I want it. And I, I'm pretty sure I was on my knees at one point. <laughs> I felt like I was just begging, please let me have this position. I know it's a risk. I haven't been doing it long, but let me do it. And they said yes. And the other long arm quilter, she's just a queen of all custom work. And so I feel like I just had the most amazing long arm sensei to just coach me through those early days of really learning the ropes of long arming. And then from there, what kind of inspired you or what was the tipping point to striking out on your own? I just thought I was going to work there long arming for a little while, but it was Todd. Um, he and I were dating when I was working at the Quilters Lodge. And once we got married, he kind of was like, you're really loving this. You're really enjoying this. Maybe you could get your own machine one day. And I was like, yeah, okay, maybe like five to 10 years. Um, it seemed like a good plan for way down the road. Um, and I actually, I was working at the Quilters Lodge long arming and I had met uh, Caitlin from Knot and Thread Quilting. Oh, yeah. And she said she was looking for somebody to come be her assistant and I just, it felt right. I jumped at the opportunity to work for her. Uh, and I did that for about six months. So I had been at the lodge for, I forget how long, maybe long arm quilting, maybe a year and six months with her. And it was during that six months that I started to really just, I don't know what I need to do for my family. I need to take care of my kids. Do I pay for daycare Do so that I can work full time? It's just that life balance that I think so many people um, parents especially can relate to of the care of my children, what pros and cons, and just trying to make the best choice you can. And I was in that position. Um, and Todd actually, um, he has Crohn's disease pretty severely. So it, he fights that autoimmune disease and, and we go through some really tough spots and, and his health was declining. And I just, he was the one that just kind of went, why don't you just do it now? Why wait five, 10 years? We can finance a machine and figure it out. Let's just try it now. Um, Caitlin was very kind and had, she knew that that's what I wanted to do. 
Um, and she was always really supportive of a lot of other quilters. It was the scariest thing I've ever done to have to tell her that I was doing. I was really worried about it. She's just been such a kind, supportive person. Um, and it's been a wonderful move for my family. I feel like it's made me available for my spouse, for my children. Um, I lost a lot of hair, gained a lot of wrinkles. This is a whole different lifestyle to run your own business, but it's been really incredible. And when did you, when did you strike off on your own? It was August of 2019. Okay. Oh, wow. That seems, that seemed very recent then. Yeah. It's been <laughs> it feels two and a half years, I think. Yeah. It feels yeah. like you've been around like forever <laughs> doing, <laughs> doing wild films. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Just a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Huh? Time is really wild. And just this past September, Todd actually joined the team as well behind the scenes. He sure did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great. Has he, is he long arm quilting as well or is he running other ops for you? He is a long armer in training. He, <laughs> does he have a t-shirt? <laughs> he doesn't yet. You should He's have really... a penny. Should have yeah. a penny that says trainee on it. I, I mean, I thought about an apron. Oh, yeah. For Ooh, him. No, yes. But I don't think he'd go for it. We'll oh, just for, just for oh, no. publicity Maybe you could stills. do like a tool belt. A tool belt. Oh. Tool belt. That would be yeah. excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be really cool. And you can have like your scissors, your rotary cutter, like your snips. I totally like, agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'd stab myself somehow. Well, and he... <laughs> Like, well, that got pretty scissors. bloody just then. <laughs> I'd put the scissors wrong way up for sure. Like there would oh, be. Yeah. yeah, no. There's there's blood. And it happens. Blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> it happens. I actually um, put my hand too close to the needle as it was running because I was trying to guide the quilt to make sure there wasn't any rippling or anything. And I, have, I usually keep my nails fairly long um, and it caught my nail mm. and it sewed my nail into oh. the quilt. <laughs> There was no blood. That was my first question, though. I think oh. I shrieked and went, oh, my gosh, there can't be blood on the quilt. It was white. <laughs> no, no. There was no blood, but there was absolutely a nail, <laughs> a needle hole sewn into the quilt. I had to unpick and take my nail out of the quilt. Gross. I will not tell you whose quilt it was. I won't ever divulge whose quilt that was. Everything oh. was fine. All nails were moved. But, yeah, it's, oh. it can be dangerous, so... All your clients are looking at their quilts being like, <laughs> rubbing the hand. <laughs> I promise it's gone. There's not a trace of it. You'll never know. <laughs> that is the first I've ever heard. <laughs> Hopefully the last. We don't yeah. want anymore. Guys, don't anymore. try that at home. <laughs> he loves working on cars. It's a hobby. And so he wears one of those um, outer jumpsuits. Jump There's a name for it. Yeah. I can't remember right now. Coveralls? Yes, coveralls. So yeah. I've thought about having like quilting yes. coveralls with extra yeah. pockets. And then we just go down and we put on our coveralls. Yes. Could you tell us the story behind um, Todd joining the team? So Todd joining Wildfill was definitely something we weren't planning on. But he was part of that kind of massive COVID layoff that happened right when everything hit here. So he was laid off of his full-time pretty nice job setup that he had going on. Um, and then after that, it was just, I mean, he did cement work. He did facilities work. Um, he had been in marketing when he was laid off. So he just was doing all sorts of jobs, whatever he could do. He works really hard and he's willing to learn just about anything. And he was just job after job. Um, in the beginning, it was a joke. 
that you should come work for me. Like, that's kind of funny, right? And then by like the fifth or sixth job change, it was, hey, you know what, maybe you should join me. Maybe we should work together. And he ran some of the numbers and went, my salary versus if both of us are doing this, we can make this work. And so we just decided this is what's best for our family. And, and I had mentioned that he has Crohn's and all these jobs and all the stressors were really weighing on him. And since coming and working at home with me doing quilting, his eyes are no longer bloodshot. He has energy that he did not have before. It's been really wonderful for his health. He's my best friend. I love having him around. So we've had a lot of fun too. Um, but it was really more out of necessity for like, we have to find a way to take care of our family. And we just, we'd had a baby. So, and we have two older children and, and the needs of our family were just getting harder and harder to manage. And this has been a good, difficult, crazy, exciting, wonderful way to manage what our family needs were and, and are. So he came on and the first thing that he did was organize the spreadsheets. <laughs> he made them beautiful colors, color-coded everything, made sense of my scatterbrained um, way of doing things. So he organized things, but he also took on shipping. Um, so he packages up the quilts and prints the shipping labels. And <clears throat> he does help manage emails. They're all signed by me still. We haven't gotten him his own email. You probably should have one. But what happens is he sits at the computer while I'm at the machine and he goes, okay, this email from Wendy, this is what she said. And while I'm quilting, I go, okay, this is what I want to say to Wendy. And he writes it out. So he dictates a lot of what I say, which he's a much faster typer than me. So it works out beautifully. Um, and then he's also been training too. Um, and he has, since I got the machine, been learning about um, how to load quilts and, and advance the quilts um he's doing really well but he he does manage a lot of the the behind the scenes stuff that I'm so terrible at and allows me to kind of focus on quilting so it's really good so what's been the biggest adjustment of having like a, a part of the team so um it probably sounds really corny but he and I are really similar um so it's been really pretty easy in a lot of ways um to adjust us working together. Um, <clears throat> the hardest thing is remembering that not every day is a weekend. We can't just go out to lunch. Like we have to make things actually work. We have to pay our bills. And so that's the hardest thing is really remembering like we can't sleep in today. <laughs> we can't, like we need to really get down there and focus because that can be really distracting being at home and having mm -hmm. him work full time away from home. And then it just feels like a really long weekend. So that was the hardest adjustment was really focusing our time and energy is still an adjustment focusing our time and our energy <laughs> and you guys are running you have two machines right we do yeah nice we have two machines that came at christmas which is not the best time um <laughs> for a long armor to get a second machine and take on that risk because everyone's got their holiday quilts back and you kind of have a lull so oh. we had like two quilts in the queue a second machine bills to pay and it all worked out great it was scary, but it all worked out really, really well. <laughs> so for our listeners who have never worked with a long arm quilter before, can you walk us through that whole process? Absolutely. Um, I think every long armor is different. So this is how we like to operate. Um, we accept quilts from anywhere, anywhere, really. I haven't done much shipping outside of the country, but we have done a little bit, and that was really exciting. Um, so mostly within the United States, 
you're welcome to locally drop them off. We accept that too. It's fun to actually meet the clients more often uh, than I than I get to. Um, but basically, if you were to take advantage of every service that we provide, what would happen is you would bring us or send us your pieced quilt top and the fabric for your quilt back. Um, you obviously can piece the backing however you like on your own, but we do offer that. So you could just send the fabric. We typically cut the yardage, salvage to salvage, sew it together and load it on our, our machine. Um, same thing with batting. We offer batting and we have four different options as well as a long, like wide, extra wide option. Um, so as long as your quilt back is 120 inches wide, length can be whatever, wide or smaller, it'll fit on our machines. We've done king size quilts. We have the batting for it so we can supply that. Um, so we, we take your quilt, we talk to you about design options, what you're thinking. If you want something specific to stand out, if you just want a nice overall design, um, we figure out thread colors and we just discuss what your vision is for it. And then Todd and I make it happen. Um, we load it on the machine uh, and it can quilt about 20 inches at a time. So the way that it's loaded on, we put the backing on and then the batting and then the quilt top lays on top of that. And we run whatever design you choose, whether I'm guiding it by hand or the, the computer runs that, that design over the top. We just keep advancing it about every 20 inches until that quilt's done. Um, when we take it off the machine, either we send you your invoice and once it's paid, it gets shipped back to you just like that. I don't trim it or anything beforehand. I don't like to do that um, for very specific reasons. I, I don't like to trim the edge of your quilt and then have those uh, threads come undone. So by the time it's handled and you get around to binding it, I worry about any of those threads that have been cut mm. coming undone. So it just comes back to you untrimmed, ready for you to do your thing. If you'd like it trimmed, you can trim it, but I prefer only if we're doing binding. So if you don't want it back until it's totally done, which is really a fun part for me too, is to see it all the way to completion, I like that. Um, we would trim your quilt and immediately put the binding on, however you'd like it on, whether that's by machine, by hand, facing, um, we'll attach your binding, send back your quilt, the trimmings, all of it back in a nice tightly packed box, or on a bag on the front porch or in person, and, and then your quilt is back. So typically how long would it take you to quilt a queen size um, quilt and like just edge to edge um, long arm quilting and not custom work? So <clears throat> it depends. <laughs> no, that's not the easiest answer. Classic but, answer. Uh, it's kind of like asking classic. a quilter, how long does it take for you to make a quilt? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's something you, it's the exact same if you got that question about piecing a quilt up. Mm. Um, it depends on the intricacy of the pattern. Running the computer-run patterns, those pantographs, those repeat designs, whatever you want to call them, when they run it depends significantly on if they have to go back over themselves, if they have lots of little points and things to go back and forth on. It can take 30 minutes for a pass to be made in those 20 inches. It can take an hour. It can wow. take 10 minutes. Like it totally depends on the size, the intricacy and everything like that. So if we're doing a pretty simple design that runs pretty fast and it's about medium density, so it's not really tight, it just does a few passes, 
I would say it would take a few hours to like three to five hours, maybe to do like a queen size Mm. by that standard. And when you're working on doing more custom work, like is it typically, can you talk us through that process of how you work with the quilt maker? Yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) I love, I really enjoy custom work, but it is, it's for a long time has just been straight anxiety because I I worry that I'm going to get it wrong. It's by hand and the imperfections and I am a recovering perfectionist. So I try really hard to like handmade stuff as opposed to like handmade. That's part of what makes it beautiful. And I have to really run that through my mind over and over again when I do custom work because I want it to just look how they want it to look. I want it to highlight what needs to be highlighted and do just the best work I possibly can. So um, I want the most information I can get about their vision. So we do usually talk a lot more about what do you want this to look like? What is important for you to have highlighted? I recently had a custom quilt and she and I discussed what she had in mind. And for her, it really just came down to, she didn't have specifics about what designs she wanted in what place. She had just done tons of um, hand applique. And she's like, I just wanted to highlight my applique. That's what was important. Cause you put so much time into applique work. Cause she was like, I just want to see it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want an overall design that just covers up all that hard work. And so I had a lot more freedom to decide what designs I wanted where but knowing that that's what was important to her made all the difference in, in making that custom work come out the way that she wanted it to. So we usually discuss a lot more with custom work and um, decide how much time it'll take based on density, based on what they're wanting. And, um, and then I just am an anxious mess for a few days while I work on it. And when it's done, I feel like the most accomplished human being in all the world. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a cool thing to get to be a part of. And that's the neat thing about having the two machines. I was about to ask you, does that help out a lot? Because then I'm assuming you could have one running just like the edge to edge stuff. And then you got one that's got the uh, custom work on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because um, I want to keep custom work open. Mm-hmm. I learn every something new every time I work in a custom quilt. I really enjoy pushing myself that way, my skill set, um, and just the variety of quilts I get to do open, having custom quilting open. Um, we took on that second machine because I would take days on a custom quilt. I'm not fast on custom quilting. And the edge to edge would sit and wait and... Um, that was beginning to just feel difficult. And so I'd have to shut down custom quilting usually around the holidays to be able right. to keep the edge to edge flowing. And this allows me to keep it open all the time, which has been incredible. So um, am I expecting, so could I bring a edge a custom work this Christmas with you guys? Yes. <laughs> yes. There will be no custom quilting closed announcements at all this Christmas. We'll keep, uh, keep it open. We'll keep an eye out on that. <laughs> I love it. Please. Um, what is one thing that you wish clients knew before they sent their quilts off to you or that they did? (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I wish clients knew is kind of tricky because I feel like, um, there's just a lot of nuances to long arm quilting and, um, but I, I feel like when you're basting a quilt, yourself at home on the floor you're going to pin baste it you tape it to the ground there's just a lot that you can do to manipulate that quilt you can have a smaller quilt backing 
But when I load it on the machine, the way I clamp it onto the bars, and I can, I can only stretch it and manipulate it so much. So thinking about how your backing is constructed, the size of your backing, that can be a really helpful thing to understand. Um, it's not a requirement. We make a lot of crazy, interesting things work. As long as there's enough fabric, we've worked some pretty cool magic. Um, but it is helpful uh, for clients to know how the backing is loaded, how the quilt is loaded. It just really lends itself to how you put your quilt together. Um, actually, you know, you mentioned earlier that you don't trim the quilts and you um, send it, I mean, you send it back to the um the pizza. Do you have any advice or suggestions on what they could do with the leftover batting and backing that uh, once they've squared up their project? Absolutely. So what I like to do is I trim my quilt and I immediately put it into a bucket and it sits there for a few months. (laughs) It ages. ages. (laughs) It's really It's a fine cheese. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. For those few months, then... I take it out and I just separate the batting and the fabrics. Typically my fabric is just folded up and put back with my stash and reused until it's about an inch and a half or smaller. I have different places for different sizes. (laughs) You, You have facial expressions like maybe I'm super organized. Let me clarify. They're also baskets and buckets with no organization besides size. So, um, we just, I chuck them in and then I just pull them out for piecing a quilt top. If I'm doing a scrap quilt, I made little pin cushions and was able to use little scraps. So I try to keep them until they're too small that I have nothing else that I can possibly sew together um, with them. And then with the batting scraps, I find that marking them straight away before I put them away helps because then I know exactly what size before I pull it out of the stack and cause a big domino mess. Um, I know my size and I use it for all sorts of things. So you can use it for, if you're making a little pouch, um, a wall hanging. I like to piece mine back together. I Franken batting. Um, Mm -hmm. I do my little zigzag stitch and piece it all together. And I use those for my own personal quilts. I don't do that for client quilts. Um, But for my own personal ones, I stitch my batting together for all sorts of things all the time. Do you still find after all these years of long arming, are you ever surprised by parts of the process? Yes. Yes. Um, I guess parts of the process have become such second nature. I don't think about them much. Todd being introduced into it all has been really pretty funny because there are things that surprise him about the process. But the thing that surprises me over and over and over again is how personal it is for the client, for the piecer, for whoever made it, but also to me, it, I'm putting my art on your art and it is so personal. And so I have shed many tears if it's not just right or agonizing over every little stage of the process. Like every time it's a personal experience, like every time it's hard to, to, I can't separate it and I won't, but it is, it is a deeply personal thing to make a quilt. Probably sounds dramatic. Very real. (laughs) Sometimes it includes your fingernails. (laughs) (laughs) They say blood, sweat, and tears and fingernails. (laughs) So I'm adding that to it. (laughs) On that note, it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilting questions. Are you ready, Mindy? Ready. Anna, why don't you kick us off? What is your favorite time of day to quilt? Night. And where do you sew? In the basement. 
And do you wear shoes, slippers, or socks while sewing? No, <laughs> barefoot all the way. <laughs> Music, Netflix, podcasts, or silence while you sew? Very rarely silence. Uh, yes to everything else. Uh, do you have a current favorite? Yes, I've been doing lots of custom work lately, so it is absolutely true crime podcasts. And what is your favorite snack while quilting? Chocolate, M&Ms, anything, chocolate. <laughs> favorite traditional block? I have been digging Irish chains lately. And how many quilts have you long armed to date? So I looked into it. I ran the numbers. It looks to be close to a thousand now that I've long. What? Wow. Uh, that is awesome. That. Wow. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's pretty crazy. <laughs> how many pantograph designs are in your library? So I've probably purchased 50 to 100 myself that I go to more often that I really like. Um, but there's so many more than that that come with the machine. So there's, oh. there's a lot of options. And do you have a favorite pantograph? Yeah, typically it's the newest pantograph <laughs> that I've tried. I love trying new things. And so when I get the chance to get a new one and somebody requests it, that's typically my favorite at the time. But I like to go back to like just some of the classic, simple um, geometric designs are usually what I like. Plus the Monstera leaf, obviously always a favorite. I love that one. And do you have a go-to pantograph if um, a client asks you to choose one for them? Um, not really. My If they want me to choose, I usually make them say <laughs> if they would like something geometric or something swirly or soft. And then from there, it's usually a Baptist fans or um, something something classic and simple if, if they just don't really know. What is a long arm quilter's ultimate nightmare? Like unpressed quilt top, small quilt back? A torn quilt. <gasps> oh. Didn't think of that. It's a scary one, <laughs> right? <It's> so scary. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your favorite pantograph designer? Leisha Kay does some really simple ones that don't like overlap over themselves a lot. And I love just free flowing, either geometric or not, but when they don't overlap any part of the stitching again, and they just go, I love those for some reason, they're just really great to me. And she comes to mind, but there's lots of good designers. I like to draw from a whole variety. High density or low density pantographs? We're going to go with medium density. (laughs) (laughs) Medium to high. (laughs) Uh, Solids or print fabrics? Don't make me choose. I love, love them all. (laughs) What's the last fabric you bought? I bought some Heather Ross from Cass at Nova Quilts. And what's your favorite uh, quilt shop? I gravitate towards Sotopia. And I don't really, I haven't bought much fabric, but I bought a bunch from them recently to finish some projects. Then I went to QuiltCon and I still spent all of my money at Sotopia. So it just has to be them. Um, how do you organize your fabric? Um, by color and size. When they're organized. <laughs> <laughs> what sewing notion couldn't you live without? Uh, seam ripper. And currently I do not have a thimble and that just is not okay. We got to remedy that soon. <laughs> And what long arm machine do you sew on? I have a Gamma Classic 2, Gamma Classic. And what thread brand do you use? For my long arm, I prefer Signature Thread. Um, I use some Omni, but for my domestic machine, my Baby Lock, it is always Aurifil. 
Nice. That's all it wants. It, it's preference. It's very picky. <laughs> uh, pressing preference? Um, whatever works with the pattern and my mood. I like, I like both. Nesting is a fantastic tool for keeping those points and seems open. It just lays so flat. So I like it all. Pick one. Squaring up a quilt, binding or piecing the quilt back? Binding. Absolutely. <laughs> binding by machine or by hand? Yes. I like them both. All the binding. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, when you're not using a long arm, do you spray, pin, or thread based? Spray. Pre wash, always, sometimes, never. Never. <laughs> I'd like to more, but. When gifting a quilt, do you pre wash the quilt or not? Pre wash, yeah. I got to get that crinkle. What's your favorite part of the quilting process? My favorite is. Uh, the long arm quilting. <laughs> I love the quilting process. It's like a transformation. It's my favorite. And what's your least favorite part of the quilting process? Cutting. Ew. <laughs> I don't like cutting. <laughs> what is one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? Sewing over pins. I don't want to sew over pins anymore. It just feels too dangerous. Who is your quilty BFF? Um, <clears throat> I have a couple. <laughs> I can never just pick one, you guys. I'm I'm the most indecisive person. So my friend Jen got me into quilting. She was a neighbor to just best quilting friend. Um, the the people who would talk quilts with me at any time, day or night, is absolutely Kiana at Collective Quilts and Cass uh, Nova Quilts. We we like to talk quilts. Who is your quilty crush? Um, Machen yeah. Marie is absolutely. Just every every time a post of hers comes up, I think I audibly have to make a noise of some kind. Like it's disturbing, <laughs> but every time it's like, oh, uh, ah, it's just so wonderful. I love her color choices. And then um, Devin, Miss Make, same. Mm. I just I drool every time I see a unquilt <laughs> photo from her. So. I love her new one that she posted recently. Yes, I got to quilt that. Ooh. custom quilts her new one Ooh. that's coming out and I lost my entire damn mind it was just so wonderful <laughs> you're like fangirling <laughs> yes oh absolutely it was it was wonderful <laughs> and what's your favorite reason make my double Irish chain it's a um, part of Penelope handmade patterns she has like a heritage series and uh, I loved that one it was just so easy and fun to pick up and sew together I loved it and how many quilts are in your whip pile right now? Oh my gosh, there's probably 15 or 20 things just hanging around waiting for me. And where do you store your work in progresses? Where don't I store <laughs> my work in progresses? <laughs> there's, there's containers, there's some stacked on a shelf, there's t-shirts like shoved behind other <laughs> piles of fabric. It's not a total disaster, I promise, but it, it definitely is just I put them where I can put them. I moved too fast down there. And do you have any interests or hobbies? I do. Um, I think Todd and I talk about cars more than we talk about anything else. We love going on drives together and talking about old cars and what we want to do to make them our own. I love home projects, like not serious DIY, but more basic, like just make the space look like us and and change it up a little bit. Uh, We really enjoy doing that. And of course, plants. I love my plants and um, just nurturing them as best I can. That's probably it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, before we wrap up, we've got just a couple more questions for you. And first up are, who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Okay, so I thought about this for quite a while. It kind of came down to this feeling of there are a lot of uh, difficult parts of social media. And the thing that I struggle with the most is when I have, when I mostly see other quilters, other long armors that look like me, talk like me, sing like me, I struggle to, with the comparison game. And I have found that as I have diversified my feed, I have come to find a lot more joy. So I still, I love the quilting world and the comparison tends to stop. And it also brings in new ideas and inspiration. I would recommend finding someone that reminds you of your your and everyone else's humanity that really reminds you to give, that reminds you that there are needs and wants and similarities and beauty in, in humans around us and that really remind us to give back. Um, another one is someone who looks and lives differently than you do. And so opening up my view and perspectives to, to those has been beautiful and enlightening and wonderful. So I recommend that as well. And then finding someone that does a different craft so follow someone that makes pottery. I love stained glass. That's something I'd love to learn how to do. Um, garment making is a really fun. You think using a sewing machine, you know, you know each other. It's just such a different craft altogether. And so I found interacting with these type of accounts has brought a lot of inspiration into my quilting, into my business. And it's kind of brightened that um, social media experience for me. So that's what I recommend. Okay, so before we sign off, do you have any other fun projects in the horizon that you're able to share with our listeners? So um, I had mentioned quite a while ago that with Todd joining us, I was hoping to have the ability to add more to our business. And one thing that we've decided we're going to add is uh, t-shirt quilts. So we want people, I get asked a lot for commission quilts and t-shirt quilts. I don't love doing commission work but I do like making t-shirt quilts. So we have kind of written it up. It's in the works and hopefully we can announce it soon where we really want to um, have people send in their shirts and we'll cut it and sew it together and finish it up and send it back to them. We wanted to add that to um, Wild Phil in the, in the coming weeks, months, maybe. Exciting. That's really exciting. <laughs> so on that note, we need to wrap today up and we hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio. Wendy? I am at the.weekendquilter. Anna? I am at Wax and Wayne Studio. And Lindy? Wildfield Quilting. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe to the podcast and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, it would make our day. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Mindy, <laughs> say bye. 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 <laughs>